Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. If you have your Bibles, please turn quickly to Luke 9, 28 to 29. And it came to pass about an eight days after these saints, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. Now hear this. He says, as he prayed, as he prayed, as we've been praying, as we continue to pray, this is one of the result of those who pray. The fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment clothing became white and glistering. All right. Now look at the NLT gives us better understanding. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Did you hear that? All right, let's go again. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Father, thank you for the blessing of your word. I beseech you to bless the teaching and perhaps the preaching. We we'll vow as a family to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Amen. You may be please seated. For an assignment today, I want to use the transformational power of prayer, part number two. I began in the first part of this homily and discourse by pointing out quite a few things that are corrosively important brutally important for the well-being of your spirituality. One of the things I mentioned without mincing words is that nothing changes a man's life like a person who is consistent both in prayer and consistent in the study reading, meditating of the word of God. In my mind, these are two wings that helps a believer to fly. The word and prayer. And in the very thing that God has released to the church, to strengthen the church, to empower the church, the devil fights the church from getting engaged in. That's why a believer can sit down and Feed on entertainment on end. All kinds of movies. All kinds of music. Uh, I wouldn't mention their names. Just to spare you um, the pain of those names. But, you know, certain things just feed the fallen soul and the, the flesh. Uh, and it's easy to spend hours on these things. But to pick up your Bible for 10 minutes... It almost seems like it's a guarantee that some people will sleep. It seems to be an answer 
to those who are struggling with sleeping. Take the Bible, it's likely you would begin to sleep. Why is that so? The devil knows the power that is contained in the word of life. Whilst the book is powerful, the book becomes more powerful when these words are allowed to enter your spirit. The Bible declares in Psalm 119 verses 130 that it is the entrance of the word that gives light. So until this word is allowed to penetrate just like the doctor will give you an injection by a syringe and the liquid content in the syringe is injected into you. In the like manner, it is the design of God that the words contained in the Bible is injected into you. In the words of Jesus in John 63, he said, it is the words or it is a spirit that giveth life. The letter killer. I'm commanding two scriptures now. But it says, the words I speak to you, they are spirits and they're alive. Huh. So whenever we expose ourselves to the word like you are right now, guess what? There is an entrance of the spirit of God inside you. And I pray by the mercy of the Lord that the word that is being spoken right now will come into you and cause you to stand up from where you are. Shout a big amen. So the devil finds believers from accessing the word and praying. In Acts of Apostles 6, the church began to grow. There was a dispute between the Hebrew widows and the Grecian widows. Came as a result of growth. So growth can bring about a good problem. If you look back now, this is our second service. It's literally packed to the end. There are only few chairs on my right. The time will come when you, I don't know about you, will come late to church. You won't find space. You'll be in the overflow. Now, that will be a problem to solve, but I like that problem. So, group brings certain problems that need to be solved. So, group brought problem here that the food needed to be rationed appropriately. The question now is, what is the solution of the problem? As far as everybody was concerned, the apostles should leave their assignment of what? The word and prayer and begin to serve tables. Ah, yeah, yeah. But they scratch their head and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. Acts 6-4. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. In other words, we are not going to leave the source of power. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. If we allow the enemy terminate the power source, revival will stop. Uh-huh. What was a movement will suddenly become a monument. And I said in first service, there are many ministries and churches that began as a movement in the spirit, but they settled and became a monument. By the grace, by the mercy of Abba Father, this movement will never become a monument. Your amen sounds like it requires revival. Let me speak again over you and perhaps to the generation unborn to the Lord Tarry, this movement of revival will never become a monument. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God will take you from grace to grace. God will take you from glory to glory. God will take you from power to power. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You're being revived to revive. Hallelujah. So they maintain the power base of what? The word and prayer. I said by way of illustration, in your house today, if perhaps PHCN color supply of power, whilst you have very functional appliances, the refrigerator, the air conditioning system, the kettle, the iron, your telephone, all the appliances, all of a sudden, because there is a cut off of the power supply, you have working appliances that are not useful to you. The devil understand this, that if we can cut short the supply of power of believers, whilst they are believers, they won't function, they won't thrive. You see, as fish to water, as bird to air, kondiata. likewise, the saint is to prayer and the word. You thrive best in a particular environment of the word and prayer. Just like you remove a fish from the pond or from the river, after a while it will die. Why? It's in the wrong habitat. Take a bird into the water, it will die. Why? Wrong habitat. Likewise, take a believer. What? Take an apostle. Take a prophet. Take a pope. Take a preacher. Take a pastor. Take a leader. Take him away from the environment of what word and prayer Put him here. Surely he's dying. So it's not by titles that keeps you fresh. It's by staying in the word and in prayer. There are dry preachers and there are fresh preachers. There are dry believers and there are fresh believers. What's the difference? Word and prayer. That's how come somebody will pick up the microphone and sing one simple song. I love you Lord. Very simple. Not a biggie voice but Somehow, something opens in the atmosphere. Why? That person is in tune, in touch with the breath of Abba Father. Not skills. No. Contact. The word and prayer. Are you here? So the devil fights believers from staying in the word and prayer. And we also must know his strategy and beat him at his strategy. Mary and Martha, two lovely sisters. Martha was given to service. You find this story in Luke 10, 38 to 41. Please write. I'd like to see you come to church with your notes. You know, I do preach. I love to preach. But I realize there's something teaching does, preaching does not do. Something preaching does, teaching will not do. In the ministry of Jesus, three things were activities. He taught the word. He preached the word. And it confirmed both by miracles, signs and wonders. We must employ both of them. A church taught is a church disciple. A church preached to is a church that is exploded, excited, full of power. So combine preaching and teaching, you have a revived church. Praise God. So permit me to teach. Because what I'm sharing with you today, um, if I don't teach it line upon line, you will accuse me of not being um, doctrinally sound. But this will shift your thinking. I know so. So Martha was given to much activity and um, complained to Jesus, hey, master, this lady, Mary, is just sitting down on your, on your feet hearing the word of the Lord. Tell her to come and join me. Jesus said to Martha in verse 41, and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. 
careful trouble, many things. He said, but one thing is needful, 40, 42, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall be taken away from her. In other words, sit with the word. Nobody can take the word from you. Is that okay? Praise God. Now, beloved, in these 40 days of praying and fasting, please endeavor to make this the beginning of your best year ever so far. Best year ever so far. As you engage in this season. Don't let the devil cheat you. Don't wait till December and ask what happened. It's your choice. It's your choice. Life is a function of choices, not chances. No. God is not in respect of persons. Make a choice for spirituality. Invest in your spiritual well-being. Don't be lazy, lethargic. There's no room for lazy Christians. No. They are the best. A prey to be devoured by the enemy. So please, determine. The train is moving fast already. Two weeks, amazing testimonies. God is showing many tokens of good for this year already. Who are connected in prayer and fasting. You're there, you can't leave Padayan for one day, two days, three days. Habba, habba. You want fire, you want power, revival. It doesn't come by that. No. Prayer is birth. Or better, revival is birth in prayer. And sustain in prayer. Praise God somebody. Hallelujah. Please prioritize your priorities. Let Jesus be your number one in this season. As you watch and pray, make God your first. Invest your time, talent, treasure, money, finances in the kingdom. Matthew 6.33 should be a watchword for us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things shall follow you. What are they? The things the Gentiles are pursuing. Some guys have headache pursuing money. Some are sick. I mean, literally, physically sick. Pursuing mammon. Ill, not well. Because of the things that money can pierce in the souls of men. But when you give your heart to God sincerely, make him your priority. He will make your matter matter. He will make your matter matter. There's no way you make God first, you become last. It's, it's there. People are winning sweating. There are those who are winning or sweating. They're winning praising. They're winning on their knees. Winning the word. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. In the three count temptation of Jesus. Matthew 4. All he responded to the temptation of Satan is. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he said. And the devil leaveth him alone for a while. So, knowing what is written in your heart is a sure weapon that brings about victory against Satan and his forces. You've got to know what is written and be intelligent spiritually to use what you know that is written. You love it? Whilst there are different kinds of prayers, prayer of petition, intercession, worship, thanksgiving, praise, warfare prayers, name it all, I believe one of the most important purposes of prayer is not per se to ask to get that is secondary. I believe with much study, it is a forum and a platform to build intimacy with the living God. Hiya, hiya, hiya. Daniel 11, 32, our anchor text for this year. They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong and they what? They shall do exploit. So the key for exploits in the day and age we live is to know God. To know God. To know the living God. Not knowing about God. There are many people who have made God their grandfather. They have to go to Papa, Mama for miracle and breakthrough. Uncle in some place. Auntie in some place. Friend in some place. No, no, no. 
See, what I said to one, I said to all. Eh? He's God who is accessible to all as a father. But you need to know him. It is in knowing him that emboldens you. Oh yeah. There's a way you spend time with God that nothing freezes you or worries you around anymore. Because you know the God who you serve is with you. Men may not see him. You just know and know and know and know. He's with you. With you in the fire. With you in the storm. With you in the billows. With you in the rain. As I say, head or tail, you win. How? Second Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be unto God who always without fail causes you and me to triumph in crisis. Somebody said, I've got the victory. I don't know what test you're going through right now, but I believe by the mercy, by the grace of God, that test is giving way to testimonies. Shout once more, I've got the victory. Hallelujah. Beloved, man is a tripartite being, spirit, soul, body. I believe you know that. I give you scripture. First Thessalonians 5.23. I'll pick up faster now. Now, this is NLT. Please write down. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your Holy Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now, three things are mentioned there. Spirit, soul, and body. So these are the three aspects of man. We're taught, growing up as believers, I'm a spirit, have a soul, I live in a physical body. I am a spirit, have a soul, I live in a physical body. So you're a trinity of salt, spirit, soul, body. Having said that, if you understand the doctrine of salvation, you will understand that these tripartite beings or aspect of man need to be saved. Right? When you're born again, your spirit is recreated. Please write down 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Please write down. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things have become of God. What happens when you become born again? But you see, your soul doesn't quite change as drastically as your spirit does. Your soul needs to undergo a process. Say with me, process. Say with me, process. Process of growth development to be saved. Aha. That is the pathway of discipleship onto Christ-like maturity. Oh boy. The intention of God in sending Jesus to the earth was not just to get you born again only. Right? It's very important. But to get you born again but to see you live a life of transformation, metamorphosis, where you become like Christ. Wow. Oh boy, I wish I had time. So in our day and age, you hear people say, oh, this is my purpose. My purpose is to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to be a banker. My purpose is to be a preacher. I'm a politician. It's not quite so. Your number one purpose as a child of God is to be like Christ. Uh, 
If you miss that, the devil can get you on the wrong track. You can be a doctor all you want, climb the top rung of the doctor's association, have all the money, have all the fame, popularity, but if you've climbed the wrong ladder, which means the ladder you climb did not succeed in changing you to resemble Christ, you will be of all men quite miserable at the top of the ladder. And there are many people who have come to the zenith of their career. Have the money, the fame, the opulence, the notoriety, whatever it is, but they feel empty. They know that they spent their lives in a way that wasn't of God. So number one purpose for every born again child of God is to metamorphose to Christ likeness. Now, that means is to engage in discipleship. Are you still here? Please be here. We're going somewhere. Ah, help me Lord. Alright. So we look at a story about a man called Nicodemus. A preacher at that time who encountered Jesus. Let's look at John 3, 1 to 3, very quickly. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, please listen, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot what? What? Cannot what? The word there is see. See what? The kingdom of God. So there is such a thing called to see the kingdom. Am I correct? Let's continue. Verse 47. The dialogue continues between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born of water. What? Water and of the spirit. All right. He cannot what? What's the next word there? Is that C? He cannot enter where? Enter where? All right. So there's such a thing as called to enter the kingdom of God. Correct? Beautiful. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and so on and so forth. Now, what Jesus said is this. When you are born again, you will see the kingdom. But if you're going to enter the kingdom, really means if you're going to make progress, advance in the kingdom of God, you need to go beyond just being born again. To what? To being born by, with two things, water and the word. And that water is not just water baptism. When you come to Ephesians 5, 26, 27 thereabout, Paul begins to talk about an allegory between the church and Christ the husband likened to the physical husband and the wife and says thus 25 husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church give himself of it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with washing of water huh? washing of water what by the word so the word is likened to water and water is likened to the word that he might present it to himself what a glorious church oh boy not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. So to be born by the spirit and to be born by the word 
is to go through a process of sanctification and cleansing that prepares you to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Are you here? Are you here? That is what the Bible means by to enter the kingdom. So the question is, man of God, what is the difference between seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom? I'm glad you asked. Well, Paul, in his letter to the Philippian church, writes something important. I want to read slowly for you and to you. So you can see there. Please write down Philippians 2, 12, and 13. In your own time, read the Amplified Classic. It's too lengthy to read now. It's, I wish I had time. It's a beautiful text. But let's read the, the KJV. Suffices. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Have you ever seen this scripture before? Those who peddle a grace teaching that is um, overly distorted tell you, once saved, always saved. Have you heard that phrase before? Have you heard that phrase before? Have you heard it before? Okay. Pastor Angie, if it is that I am once saved, always forever saved, why will the Bible say there is a working out? Obi, Doc. Walking out. Is that in your Bible? Please, don't let any smooth speaking teacher hoodwink you from your salvation. There will be many surprises in the last day. There are those who have been in church who assume their standing. According to the words of Jesus, Matthew 7, they will say, Lord, Lord, in your name we did miracles and preached. He will say to them, depart from me. You workers of iniquity, not say no, iniquity. I never knew you. Iniquity is an advanced level of sin. <laughs> he will say to them who have been in church, clapping, jumping, they assume they're born again. They assume so. He said, I never knew you. Ironically, they said, we call you Lord, Lord. They're so sure. They are so sure that before the Messiah, they said, we believe we call you Lord. They're not trying to lie. But they were standing on shaky foundation. Paul said to the church of Philippi, you walk out. Now, it's not the grace guy say, oh, you're being legalistic. This river thing. No, it's all done, all done. Ah, all done. It is all done. But let me tell you something. <laughs> He's saying what I put in your spirit you engage in the process I put in place to bring out what I put in you. That's grace. Verse 13 makes it more exciting. Say, don't worry. It's not your power. I am the one working in you. Corporate. It's not I, I want to be saved. No, 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 no. Just, just corporate with the Holy Ghost. Said, I am the one working in you, causing you to win if you desire, and then to do. We win, but the question is, how many people will yield to the Holy Ghost? Are you here? Uh, can 
tell you what salvation is. Salvation is likened to Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angels came to where Lot was and gave Lot an instruction on what to do to be saved. He says, get out from this city. If you don't get out, you will dissolve the city. Get out. As you get out, don't look back. I wish I had time. <laughs> there are those who are pursuing Christ, but they're looking at the world. Ha! Antonelli, this world system, this age, it has a magnetism. There's a pool of the world. It's called the glory of the world. It's an attraction. And there are many believers who don't know it. Go in church. They have caught the bog of the love of this world. They assume they love Jesus. But really, mammon has displaced the true God in their heart. And mammon has sat there. They think they are calling Jesus, but it's mammon. Menetu pereko tepalanos. Salvation. You think you're saved? Consider how saved you are. Don't wait for surprises. Work on your soul. The allure, the attraction, the magnetism of the world system. Satan showed Jesus the glories of the world and said, all I want is for you to just bow a little and I'll give it to you. That means he had to give. How did he have it? From Adam. Jesus said, no. No. It's written. You have to worship no one else but God. And him alone will I serve. No. It's saying, that glory I will give you if you compromise a little bit. Listen to me. One of the slippery pathways for a man to be is in the pathway of wealth and opulence. The rich stand a risk of their souls being taken. It takes more than just money to survive. You must have God. God to subdue forces of wealth. Otherwise, it would displace your soul. The one major contender for the place in a man's heart is money. Mammon. For God said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? People don't have as much value for their souls. My God. Huh. Once saved, forever saved. Check your theology and your doctrine. It's easier to believe. So can, it, can, it gives you a numbness just, just to calm you down. Or more, don't meet God and be surprised. Work out your salvation. Where? With fear and trembling. Who wrote that? The Holy Ghost through Paul. It's your salvation. You work it out. Are you still here? You know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have a deep passion for what I'm preaching now. And I told God, I said, I'm, I'm going to start sharing this and you're showing me whatever it takes. Because people must be ready for your coming. Thank God for the crowd. It's never about crowd. God has never really used crowds. There were eight human beings that made it to the ark called Noah's ark. How many? Eight, sir. Out of 12 spies that went to the land, two entered. 
Say, is God wicked? He's not wicked. Tolu, Agbo, listen to me. <laughs> Pray in the Holy Ghost for two minutes. I perceive the devil is telling some lies. Remuna kata, fight for your soul. Fight for your soul. Fight for your soul. Fight for your soul. Fame, popularity, glamour, glitz. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Your soul is well worth more than the world. But people are letting go of their soul for things. Mama. Mama. Jesus said, you can't serve Mama and God. You think you are doing so? You can't. Mama. No, 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 sir. I can't hear you praying, no. Ah. Is it how's a rabble? Brique soparana. Deliver me, oh God, from everything seeking to take your place in my heart. Have mercy upon me. Save my soul. In the name of Jesus. Look at me, brother and sister. I'm not a killjoy. I'm only a preacher. And I'm not. I'm not apologetic or how does it no to anybody at all these things are so and we're going deeper <sighs> let's read Matthew 7 15 and 17 so what we see now is the spirit is saved immediately born again then the soul is saved as he engages in the process of discipleship to come like Christ yeah? and eventually the body is saved um, rapture. Matthew 7, 15, 17. Are you there? Oh, are you there? Let's read Bible now. Okay. One, two, three, go. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Verse 20, first time. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. By what? By what? By their sermons? By what they're praying? By what they're saying? By the crowd? By the name? By the popularity? By the likes? By the views? By what? What is a fruit? A fruit is not a gift. A fruit is a result of the consequence of situations and circumstances. Gift is given freely. Freely you have received, freely you give. Matthew 10 verse 8. But a fruit tells me what is in the root. Can I tell you something? Can I confess to you? The truth is, when I look at you here for five years, you are a fruit of what I've been saying for five years. So if you're carnal, my fruit. I'm, I'm confessing to you. If you're carnal, you're jumping in discotheque, Sunday, Saturday, oh, pa, po, it's my fruit. You're married to Dukbe in Abuja, Chinedu uh, or whatever, Ebere in Oko, then Kemi in Lagos. It's a fruit. So when you see a church large, and you can't find the substance of Christ there. It's a fruit. 
Okay, it's a fruit. Nelly, my heart is bleeding. It's a fruit. And that fruit came about because somebody called a preacher or a prophet widened the gates and said, no, no, no. It's not that hard. No. Forget those revivalists. They're making life very difficult. No. You can do this and still do this. And then you're going to heaven because of mercy and grace. Wide gates. We're reading the Bible today. <laughs> Praise the Lord somebody. Shout hallelujah. Give me three fire baptized hallelujahs. Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands, oh you saints. Shout to your God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. It's good to be under a good sound. It may not be popular or common. It's a good sound. It's a sound that you prick your soul to walk in purity and holiness and sanctity. Sound sound. There are places you just sit down, the gospel makes you feel you've arrived. You box your wife, you carry a microphone, you're singing, you're preaching. Ah, no. These things ought not to be in the house of the Lord. Alright, we'll go deeper. My question today is, and I pose it to you and to me, how many born again Christians are really saved? And how saved are they? Write it down for your own thinking and prayer. Contemplation. How many are really saved and how saved are they in the light of what you're hearing now? Alright, let me emphasize again. When you're born again, you receive the gift of righteousness. So please don't go off the other end of being legalistic. Some guys like hard life. By nature, they're just, they're hard. They want to make the way very hard. Oh God, no. You're too gentle. Hit it hard. Hammer, hammer. Make it hard. No, I'm not being hard. I'm only preaching the word. I'm not trying to be hard. That's flesh, carnality. They assume what is hard is what is right. It's not so. God is a loving father. It's a wonderful Jesus. Out of his love, he will, he will correct. But it's not a hard God. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> so he gives you a gift of righteousness when you get born again. 2 Corinthians 5.21, please write down because of time. I read the Amplified Classic. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I will get there. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be seen. Who knew no sin? So that in and through him we might become endued with viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. I said to you, I say again, righteousness is a what? A gift. Righteousness is not a fruit. Do you hear me? You can't earn it. You can't work it out. It's given to you. In fact, the Bible says literally um, that it is, I'm paraphrasing in Romans, that it is deposited into your account when you became born again. You, you had, righteousness means right standing before God. So when you're born again, you can stand before God without a sense of guilt, shame, condemnation. You're his child. Having said that, he gives you a responsibility to cooperate with him, and I'll tell you how we do that. To have your soul equally become saved. Are you here? Remember, you can see the kingdom and you can enter the kingdom. We don't just want to see a kingdom we don't enter. So we have seen it by being born again. But we enter by being born again with water and what? 
the spirit or the word and what the spirit apostle peter said i believe it is in first peter 1 21 i think it is but i quote it it says being born again by the incorruptible seed of god's word thank you 23 being born again not of corruptible seed but of the incorruptible by the word of god which liveth and abides forever that word being in english at least is present continuous that means i get born again when i get born again but the master says being born again oh boy are you here being born again being born again more like jesus being born again the same way you got born again he says I want you to keep on engaging until you look like me. Higher, higher, higher. Are you here? Please be here. Your soul needs this message. It's not for, it's not for children. I know so. That's why I'm taking time. So you don't say, ah, oh God, this is your message. That's why I'm showing you Bible. You see, if the fruit hasn't brought the result, would you consider the doctrine we preached? Let's get real. If all I've said in five years did not produce the kind of fruit I assume it could or should, then I should consider where's the gospel? If someone is preaching somewhere in London, Las Vegas, and it's all about woo, hey, woo, hey, ha, boo, bah. I mean, you see, boy and girl walking into church, yeah man, woman, yeah man, yeah man. It happens in some, some, some countries. I went to a conference many years ago, I won't tell you where it was, and what I saw, my eyes saw wonders. Oh. I said, from church, just from church. Yeah, man, what's saying now? Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man. I said, am I okay? Big conference. Big conference. Eh? Am I too religious? Then, oh, I won't go further. But that's, that is Christianity. So you need to ask, what is that preacher preaching that bears that kind of fruit? Hmm. One of the proof of a false prophet is not that he has a horn. No, sir. He widens the gates. Are you, are you seeing me, Kurokurai? Said, no, it's not, it's not that bad. God is not that hard. Okay, you step with. Oh, forget, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just do penance. Bring some money and then. Okay. They're all doing it. No, they are not all doing it. We are not all doing it. There are some who fear this God. And may we be amongst those that fear this God. He's a, he's a, he's a thrice holy God. Christ, holy God. I read my Bible. Hebrews 12, 14. That without holiness, no man shall see this God. Ah. Now let's go where we began. Righteousness is what? A gift. But consider for a moment that sanctification, consecration, is not a gift from God. Is that correct? Is that theologically sound? What is it? You work it out. At the end of the day, it is a gift you give God ah, that you worked out sanctification and consecration. The Bible declares in 1 Peter 1, 15, 16, Amplified Classic, but as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 
said to you earlier, I say again, there's a salvation of the spirit happened, boom, of the soul. It's a procedure as you enroll into the pathway of Christ-likeness. Were we to go there, you, it will surprise you what it means to be Christ-like. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How do we enter the kingdom? Do you want to enter? I want to enter and remain there too. Hmm. Number one to enter, write this scripture down. Um, you see it's in the Bible, oh, as I'm very slow. Acts 14, 22, my, my hand can be free of blood of anybody's soul. Online, on site, by God's grace. My own soul too. Acts 14, 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much excitement much pleasure we should be much playing of games much entertainment what is in your bible did i write it hmm. 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 through much tribulation enter not see into where the kingdom of god so number one key i give four keys and we'll pray okay just number one number one key to enter the kingdom you must be willing to embrace test trials tribulation persecution for the sake of the gospel nlt says where they strengthen the believers they encourage them to continue in the faith reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of god amplify says establishing and strengthening the souls and the heart of the disciples urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith and telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, will you go and look for tribulation? No, don't look for it. It will come to you. Don't try to look for it. Don't say, I want to tribulate me. <laughs> Persecute me so I can enter. No, don't worry. Just live normally. That boss will keep you from being promoted. It's a tribulation. How will you respond? How will you react? Huh? And so on and so forth. So you don't need to uh, look for it. It's coming. Number two, quickly. Um, Luke 13, 23, 24. Let's read quickly. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to see, to hear. Oh, no, no, no. Strive to enter in at what? The straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Amplified classic. Even through the narrow gate, sorry, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads the way to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. Ah, hey. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, pressure, test. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads a way to life. And few are those who find it. Is this in your Bible? So to enter the kingdom is to press to enter the narrow way. It's a press. That means there's some kind of spiritual effort, commitment, dedication, devotion. You don't sleep, say, it, uh, yeah, it's happened, it's happened. No, 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 no. No. The man go fall. Already fall. No, sir. There's a press. There's an intentionality of engaging prayer, the word, and the Holy Ghost. Number three, how do we enter? By and through a childlike heart. 
like a child. Like a child. Childlike faith. The kingdom can only be embraced by a person with a childlike heart. Some are too smart for the things of God. Look at Matthew 18, 1 to 4. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted uh, and become as little children, you shall not see a what? Shall not what? Is it in your Bible? <laughs> shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever shall therefore humble himself as his little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So it takes sincerity, humility, simplicity, and a childlike heart. Finally, number four, we enter by heeding instructions and obedience. Luke 6, 46, 47. Luke 6, 46, 47, and rise to pray. <sighs> Amplify classic. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not practice what I tell you or do what I tell you. For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will show you what he is like. In other words, hear and do and you continue to advance and progress in the kingdom of God. Three things to engage in this process of discipleship along the way. Work. Give your heart to the work. Spend time. Read, study, meditate. Two, <clears throat> excuse me, give your heart to prayer. Ask love for grace to take your prayer level to another level or your prayer water to another level. Number three, engage the Holy Spirit. It's not by power, Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, but by spirit. Let him help you in study, in prayer. And all you see is that you're changing levels from level to level to level. It'll come a point in time people will see you and hear you and they say, you remind me of Jesus. You remind me of... That is the greatest compliment anybody can give any human being. You walk like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. You love like Jesus. You are tender. You are soft as Jesus. Rise on your feet. One minute, ask the Lord for mercy. Engage these three forces. The Word, prayer, and the Holy Ghost. As we prepare our heart to partake of the communion table. You've heard a lot today. What aspect got to you? Will you ask the Lord for grace? Somebody tell the Lord, I don't want to lose my soul. In this world that is filled with all kinds of things. I really want to love you. I want to, I want to, I want to be in this for real. Eternity beckons more than anything else that looks appealing to the human eyes, human flesh. Lord, I want to please you. I want to live a life in a way that I hear you say to me, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your family. Ah, Father, help us. Can you ask Lord to forgive in any areas you can remember? Unconfess it. Lord, forgive me. And you do just that. He said, Loving Father, merciful Father. He said, You remove your sins, my sins, as far as the east from the west. He has showed us that. Would you pray? Lay hold of the blood. I come under the blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we engage the communion table, we receive strength for the journey. You honor the sound of my voice in this room and across the nations, not born again. You say, man of God, pray with me. I'm more than glad. If you're an honor, I'm privileged to lead you to Christ. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray. 
shall join us together across the nations. Let's pray wherever you are. Let's pray. Everybody, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me in every area I've wronged you, I've sinned, and transgressed. I come under your blood, head to toe. I soak myself, my life, in the pool of the blood. From today, I receive grace to love you more and to serve you. I declare, declare, nothing or no one is able to stand between me and you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my spirit and saving my soul and saving my body. I give you praise and glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Can I tell you something? It is one of the most dangerous places to be as a Christian. Please listen carefully. For your heart and conscience to be seared. You know what it means? It means this kind of message doesn't get to you. You dodge it. You put on your, your weapon. Say, you dodge. You go away the same way. God forbid, not here. When the bullets come, say, I embrace it. He loves whom he chastises. He chastises whom he loves. Embrace it. It's what the well-being of our soul. The most valuable thing in this life is not house or car. Oga, it's not, not yet. Not yet. No, it's soul. It's one thing to be alive, another to be living. It's only when you're joined to Christos that you're really living. There are people in church, walking cops, clapping, jumping, spiritually gone. Life has ebbed out. They've expanded their lives. But today, life is being restored. Habba, habba, habba. You will go out here and know that something came back to you again. Life coming back to you. You know you're being made complete. It's like, ah, this is me in Christ now. What, who bewitched somebody? So they've been bewitched by doctrines. Bewitched. Bewitched. Wizards. Bewitching people. Huh. Father, we thank you for the honor to partake of your broken body and shed power. As we eat, Father Lord, we receive strength for the journey. We declare the emblem sanctified, blessed in the name of the Lord. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.